people do talk about four months as being a period of sleep regression. Somebody said to me once, and they're like, it's not a regression, it's a progression. And I'm like, I love that because yes, while sleep changes, it is because they are developing and growing and learning. Welcome to Breastfeeding with ABA, a podcast brought to you by volunteers with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Breastfeeding with ABA is a podcast about breastfeeding made by parents for parents. In this episode, we'll be talking about the four-month-old baby. We are recording this podcast in different parts of Australia. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording and which you are listening to this podcast. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and to any Aboriginal people who are listening today. We also acknowledge the long history of oral storytelling in this country and the long history of women supporting each other to learn to feed their babies. My name is Laura and I'm a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and a mum. I'm speaking from Geelong, Victoria and Wadarong country. My name is Jackie. I'm a volunteer community educator with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and a mum. I'm speaking to you from Melbourne, Victoria in Wurundjeri country. My name is Naomi. I'm a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and I'm also an international board certified lactation consultant. I'm a mother of two grown up, well they're adults now, 20 and 18, and I'm in Brisbane on Turrible country. So you have finally entered into the world of parenting a four-month-old baby. You have exited the land of newborn and its unpredictability, and your newest destination is the stability of an older baby, an infant who must by hour have a more predictable schedule who sleeps all night. Or so you thought. So Jackie, you're the mother of a four-month-old William. Tell me about what your expectations were for moving into this stage of parenting and what you thought your breastfeeding journey would look like now. Yeah, so Williams, he's just turned five months now. So we've been through the um, lovely journey of a four-month baby recently. William's actually my second baby um, and he's been quite different to his older brother who's now nearly five. William... I seem to have scored a bit of a unicorn baby with, which is one of those magical little creatures that you don't quite think exist who sleep through the night and do all of those wonderful little baby things. And so from quite early on, I had quite a settled baby and he would sleep easily at night and he would sleep all through the night and he would wake up in the morning and we would have our normal day and everything was great. And I thought, oh, Maybe I'm just not going to have that fussy period with this baby and maybe it's just going to be all okay. And the little voice in my head was sort of saying, oh, no, maybe you've got the good baby now. So maybe something's going to happen down the track. And I wasn't sure. Yeah. And then four months hit. (laughs) And, And yeah, he started having a few more unsettled periods and started waking quite a few times overnight and and needing to be settled back down and a lot grumpier during the day and his feeding patterns changed completely. And yeah, and it it threw me because I had this baby that was following these beautiful patterns and then all of a sudden it stopped and I was like, what's happened? 
where's my baby gone? Why is my baby broken all of a sudden? And I didn't quite know what I was doing anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I remember feeling like that too with my first, I've got three children and just at three months coming out of that newborn haze, like, woohoo, there's the world. Look, look at it. I've got this sorted. This seems, you know, I can kind of get out and about now. And then it, that probably, like you said, only lasted a couple of weeks and then the world got tipped upside down again for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, Jackie, did your expectations meet reality and what living with a four-month-old baby was really like? And I guess compared to having had a baby already go through this four-month period. Yeah, my first was, I guess, what you would consider a bit more of a typical newborn sleeper. You know, he didn't sleep through the night. We had regular wake-ups overnight and I tended to him when he woke up. So when he turned four months old, there wasn't a huge change because he was already waking overnight. So I didn't notice a big change in him when he hit that four-month period. But then with my second, because he was such a great sleeper beforehand, I say that in quotation marks, you know, because it, it really is quite a, it's not an expected sleeping pattern for a newborn baby. Mm. It was just the random luck of having a well sleeping baby at that age. So when we did hit that period, it was a big, big change. My overnight routine had to really suddenly change. I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and I was having to still deal with with a preschooler during the day and a baby that was unsettled and needing my attention a lot more often. And I probably wasn't quite as prepared for that because I had settled into a really nice routine beforehand. And yeah, the rug was pulled out from under me, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And often mums feel, especially if things have been going quite well beforehand, then all of a sudden things change that is there something I've done? Is, is my milk all of a sudden maybe not good enough or do I not have enough? Is that something that you felt? Yeah. And it was really quite a shock to me, particularly because I am a community educator with the Australian Breastfeeding Association, I feel like I have that knowledge um, and that that background information. Yet when I suddenly had this unsettled baby and he was waking up, the doubt crept into my head. And I'm wondering, you know, oh, has something changed? Has is he not feeding well anymore? Is he not getting enough milk? Some of the behavior came across like he had a really unsettled tummy, like he was in pain. I'm like, am I eating something that's throwing off? And you start running through your head, all of these things. And it's like, has anything I've done changed? And what can I do? How do I, how do I get back to that good time? You know, you, you sort of, you start, um, you know, chasing the, the thing. So, okay, so what did we do today? We had a good night's sleep last night. What did I do today? Did I get, how can I recreate this tonight? And then it doesn't happen and you're like, oh, okay, must have been something else. What's, what else can I do? What else can I change? Why is this happening? And you drive yourself a bit crazy. You're like looking at all of these things and the midnight Googling of what, what's wrong with my baby. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I remember that um, baby gymnastics at the breast, you know, yes. <laughs> just yes. 
all these new tricks that they could all of a sudden start to do and fingers I, up the nose and I call it gymnastics because yeah it's it's um it's a great name <laughs> doing flips and kicks and and headstands and doesn't want to stay still and wants to be on the boob but then doesn't want the boob but wants some comfort but doesn't want milk but then wants milk and it's like I don't I don't know what you want anymore oh absolutely such a confusing time and so Naomi why is it that this milestone of four months of age sees many mothers questioning their milk supply and wondering what's going on with their baby as they may also be more wakeful at night yeah, thanks, Laura. Jackie, you've really highlighted, particularly across your two different babies, how things can be so different between babies. For one thing, that really shows that sometimes there are things that you can do as a mother, but depending on your baby's individual personality, it may or may not have the effect that you are hoping. And four months is a bit of a developmental milestone. Of course, it doesn't always happen four months on the day. It can happen around the three-month mark or even a bit later than four months sometimes. So to everyone out there that's got a three-and-a-half-month-old, try not to dread that four-month date. It can happen anytime. But, yeah, as babies get older, I mean, even when they're two weeks old and six weeks old, they go through various stages of development. And when they're really little and only two weeks old or four weeks old, those changes might not seem so dramatic, but as they get older and more, a bit more ability with their movements and how they react to various situations, you may start to see some changes. So particularly with feeding, because they become more aware of their surroundings, they might be often on the breast and what we would call being fussy at the breast. But in actual fact, they're just starting to become aware of their surroundings and want to check everything out and learn. And sometimes that can be more interesting to them than breastfeeding. And for those babies, they'll often maybe not feed so well during the day. And then that means that they still need to get that calorie intake and it means they'll wake more at night. And those nighttime feeds will often be a lot more settled and they'll have better feeds at night. That can be quite frustrating, but when you look at it on a 24-hour cycle, it actually starts to make sense. During the day, all as you can do is try and find a nice quiet spot to have a feed, which can be difficult when you have a toddler running around or two toddlers running around. So, you know, a nice quiet room to feed, but even... Sometimes that won't work or sometimes that's not convenient, but you might then even just accepting that this is a stage and this is a process and understanding that those quiet feeds at night might be just what's needed at this time. And you also brought up about wondering about milk supply um, and I guess that falls into that fussy feeding behaviour as well. It can sometimes cause mums to think that there might be something wrong with their milk or something wrong with their milk supply and that's not helped by some messages that come from well-meaning friends or family or the lady at the supermarket even saying oh you know your baby's getting a bit older your, your milk might not be enough and then when that coincides with your baby starting to have fussy feeds it can really play on your mind but be assured that your milk is enough and just so long as your baby's still getting plenty of wet nappies and nice soft poos when they do have a bowel motion, that they are getting enough milk. It's just that that feeding pattern might have changed. And the good news is, is it will change again. 
things don't stay the same for very long. Babies are constantly changing and growing. I think that's a really good way, Naomi, to think about it because often when things change, I often think, what have I done? What do I need to do to change this? But just taking a pause, taking a step back and thinking, my beautiful little one is just doing what they're supposed to be doing. At the age of one month, they couldn't push away and, and kick their legs around and try and walk backwards up me whilst they're, whilst they're feeding, but they can now. So why wouldn't I do it? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just taking a step back, which can be hard and just thinking they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and this too will <laughs> settle. Will, right. will pass yes. at some stage and like you mentioned just you know a little bit of reassurance for mums just keeping an eye on those those wet and dirty nappies can if even if that just alleviates some sort of worry about whether they're getting enough milk or your milk is enough mm. yeah and I found that I have gone back to those basics of breastfeeding again I started counting nappies again I set up a little plastic bag at the change table and I, every wet nappy that I changed during the day, I put in that bag. And it was being able to see that he had five or six a day reassured me again, it is not my milk that's the problem. I just needed to reassure myself that in my head, my milk is not the problem. Breastfeeding is not why this is happening. This is a development thing. And that really helped me to just ground myself, remind myself of what is going on and just move forward with the day of just finding whatever work to get us through the day and through the night is what we just had to do. That plastic bag is a great strategy actually because sometimes the pen and the paper get lost or something spilt on it and sometimes apps as well just take you away from that mindfulness and being with your baby as well. So the bag on the change table is a really awesome idea. Yeah and then I just chucked it out in the morning put a new one there and I'm like right New day. This is the new number that Start we're again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And just one day at a time. <laughs> Let's yes. just look at this one day at a time. Yeah. Exactly. One one day merging into one night, merging into one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. That's parenting. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Breastfeeding is natural, but it's also a learned skill. It's pretty normal to need some help along the way. One of the things we offer at ABA is a range of booklets that can give you information on different topics. Sometimes mums wonder if it's normal that their breasts feel softer after a little while or seem less engorged than they did in the early few days. Here's an excerpt from our booklet, Breastfeeding an Introduction. As the early weeks pass, your breasts may not feel as full as they were soon after the birth. This does not mean that your milk supply is low. It means that your breasts are settling down to make the right amount of milk for your baby. Many mothers notice their breasts feel softer at around six weeks. Our information booklets start at $5 for a digital download and all of the proceeds support what we do to help other people to breastfeed. Visit shop.breastfeeding.asn.au to check out the full range or download the free e-booklet Breastfeeding Confidence. So, Jackie, did you find that people in your family or social circle had different expectations from you now that William was a little bit older and were you given any particular advice at this stage? Yeah, I find as babies get a bit older, people assume 
you've got a bit more freedom and you've got a bit more flexibility in your days now. It's like, oh, you know, leave them with somebody and come out of an evening. And I had a couple of invites from people that hadn't had children yet of, oh, yeah, we're having this on. They're like, oh, he's, he's a bit older now. You'll be able to get him babysat, won't you? So you can come out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a bit difficult because, you know, he still feeds a lot of times overnight. And they're like, oh, really? I think their assumption of baby's feeding patterns was they just fed less overnight as they got older. So a four-month-old baby mustn't feed much overnight. So it would be really quite easy for me to come out when in reality, it's actually, for me, it was more difficult to have flexibility at this age because there was just a little bit more input for me needed to keep him settled. Whereas when he was younger, he might've woken once or, or no times and he would fall asleep anywhere. Now that he had that awareness around him and distraction, I couldn't feed him any place anywhere and he would fall asleep and I could just wear him in the carrier and, and go about and I'm like, no, we started needing dark rooms and quiet and white noise and things. So all of a sudden my very flexible go anywhere baby was no, we need to be at home by seven and, and have, have quiet time and wind down and then go to bed and then, then I'm not doing anything for the rest of the evening. And then other, other advice, you do get that well-meaning, oh, well, maybe they're not getting enough. Maybe they need a bit extra. Maybe your milk's not quite enough. Or they're probably ready for solids now. They're, they're needing more food because you know, they're obviously hungry still if they're feeding that much. When you do talk about waking multiple times at night, you, you do sometimes get, oh, well, you know, you've got to better stop doing that because you'll make the rod for your back because you know they'll they'll keep doing that and they'll need you more and more if you always attend to them which I know from my first is that's nothing nothing to concern myself about he was a a baby that needed a lot of input from me and he's the most independent nearly five-year-old you'll ever meet so there was no concern in attending to his needs when he had them so Naomi being an IBCLC have you ever come across any of these things in your in your line of work I think from what Jackie just said, the thing that stood out to me the most was the introduction of solids. There is a commonly held misunderstanding that babies need to have solids introduced at around the four-month mark, but it's important to know that the World Health Organization and Australia's National Health and Medical Research Council's infant feeding guidelines both say that solids should be introduced at around the six month mark. So exclusive breastfeeding until six months and then introduction of solids when the baby is ready at around six months. And this isn't meant to be three square meals at that point. It's really just a gradual introduction over the next six months while milk is still the most important part of their diet until they're 12 months old. Yeah, and that's what I did with my firstborn we introduced just tastes at around six months and we were very baby led on that. I just sort of put some finger foods on his plate and he could explore and he really enjoyed playing with food. I don't think he really ingested much until Mm. more closer to the eight month mark. Before that, it was just playing and exploring and and licking and tasting. And And that's what it's all about too. It's, It's not just about the nutrients. It's also about those developmental skills. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're um now that William's five months, we're sort of starting to think about how we're doing going to start doing things over the next couple of months. And yeah. it's one of those exciting, exciting new things to explore with this baby that's 
acknowledging the world around them now. It is, and I think that that's why it sometimes gets tempting to start a bit earlier too, particularly with the first baby, because you're really looking forward to those next stages. And But one thing to consider is that starting earlier often means purees, and it often go to all that effort to prepare those purees, and often they whack it out of your hand and it ends up all over the floor or they spit it out and they don't really take much of it anyway. Whereas at around that six month mark, it's really not necessary to use purees. It just needs to be family foods that are nice and soft and easy for them to move around their mouth and mush up and swallow. So it cuts out all that extra work as well when you wait to six months. That definitely appeals to me as the life <laughs> of um, two children. It's whatever makes it easier is what I'm going to go for. Absolutely. Yes, I like that motto as well. <laughs> So what are some tips and tricks for families who have a four-month-old baby who might be dealing with some of these issues? I have found with the additional wake-ups overnight that I've had to start dealing with. For me, what's worked best was managing how much rest I get. I'm not going to change how many times he wakes up. There's nothing wrong with why he's waking up. For me, it was just dealing with the other end of things. So how can I get more rest? So rather than getting up, to feed. I set our bed up to be a safe sleeping space. My partner would sleep in a spare bed so I could have baby in bed with me on my own. Following sort of the safe safe co-sleeping guidelines, I would have him in bed with me and I would breastfeed lying down. So I was able to actually rest a lot more and William would actually fall asleep much quicker And I actually probably wouldn't even know how many times he woke up because he would just latch on if he stirred. I think I probably stirred when he did, but I don't really remember it the next day. I wasn't waking up fully for it. So I was much more, much more restful on days where my oldest was in kinder. I would lie down and nap with him as well. And then, yeah, calm rooms, going for a walk in the car, sometimes just a change of scenery is all he needed. And sometimes if it had been a bit stressful, he was fussy, I was getting worked up, which wasn't helping my letdown happen because I was stressed and and tense. I would sometimes just get my partner to step in and I'm like, can you just cuddle him for 10 minutes, walk around, pat his bum and let him regroup it, let me regroup and then we'll try again. And most of the time after that little break, he would latch on happily, he would feed and he would fall asleep and I was more relaxed as well. Jackie, there's some really great strategies that you have included there. And it just made me want to mention that we do have a couple of booklets that are useful in this situation. There's the breastfeeding and sleep booklet, and there's also breastfeeding and crying babies booklet. And they're both available via our shop, which you can access from our website, breastfeeding.asn.au. And you also touched on a couple of strategies that I think are worth repeating. And that is sometimes when you have a baby that's waking up a fair bit at night and it's tempting to want to try and get them into a routine. So then you stay at home a lot more. But in actual fact, sometimes getting out and about and giving your baby that rich sensory diet can really make a difference. And and babies will fall asleep when they're actually tired, whether they're in a pram or a sling or in the back of the car in their capsule. They don't need to be in a cot in a bedroom on their own. So 
for mums, for your own mental health and sanity, it can really make a difference to get out and do something each day if you can. Meet up with friends or just head out for a walk if, if the weather's good. Go to the shops, meet someone for lunch, whatever you can do, rather than feeling like you must stay at home so that your baby can have a sleep. And the other thing is also accepting help. Having another person that if your baby is just not sleeping and spending a lot of time crying, having another person to take the baby for a little while, even if it's just for a 10-minute walk around the backyard so so that you can have a shower or, or something to eat and in peace and a, a bit of a break. And just understanding that it is a phase and it will change. And no matter what age your baby or child is at, being prepared for change can make it so much easier to accept. As they get older, a three-year-old changes to a five-year-old and a five-year-old changes to an eight-year-old and so on. So it is something that is a part of parenting and mothering that they will change. They just change a lot more when they're a baby. Like it's rapid. Uh, in that first 12 months, there are so many changes. Yeah. It's interesting mentioning accepting help and support and getting out of the house. Something I love about going to the ABA group meetings, for when I get out of the house, I can go to somewhere where I can talk to mums that have been through this. There's usually always somebody that's got an older baby that, you know, you're often seeing that, that, okay, this is what I'm going to be hitting in the next couple of months because, you know, I've got a four-month-old, but somebody's got a six-month-old and I'm seeing how a six-month-old behaves and then a three-year-old, a five-year-old. I love being able to see that and be around mums that have been through it and then can just give me an empathetic smile. They'll sometimes hold my baby for me. They'll make mm. me a cup of tea. I can drink it while it's still hot and have a piece of cake. And I'm with people that know what I'm going through. Now we've talked a lot about these developmental changes that happen with the four-month-old and it can lead to fussiness at the breast as well as more wakeful nights and, and just quite a challenging time. But let's now talk about the things that you've delighted in with young William. There must be some wonderful things that he goes through at this stage. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's something we forget to, to notice and appreciate is that Whilst there's these things that are causing some blips of an evening, it's because all of these amazing changes are happening with them. And just watching him develop over the last month has been amazing. Like they really go from that little fragile baby to this, this infant with so much curiosity and he looks around the world and he takes things in and he looks at us and he smiles and he laughs and giggles at us and looks around and the dogs walk past and he watches them with awe and you can just see him processing, you know, what's that? What's that doing? I want to touch it. I want to, I want to explore and putting everything in his mouth to learn about about it and you know just growing so big and starting to move he's starting to want to roll over and I put him on his belly and he's trying to wiggle around to reach new things and it's so exciting I, I just love watching babies learn with my first the, the most exciting thing was just watching every day that new thing learning and that four month onwards is really when you see those huge changes in their brains happen and all of the things that they're discovering about the world and it's just absolutely amazing to watch and then the cutest things when he just he'll cuddle now he shows affection 
to me. He smiles at me when he's like, you're my mum and starting to coo. And it's just beautiful. I, there are a couple of extra wake-ups at night and, and nothing on the on just the beautiful development that he's going through. Yeah, the thing that I remember from each of my children at that age is them starting to smile and interact more. I don't remember how many times I woke up or how fussy they were years down the track. (laughs) I remember those wonderful, just them seeing your face and just delighting in it. So it's, (laughs) it's lovely that these wonderful times come with those challenging nights. Yeah, yeah. People do talk about four months as being a period of sleep regression. Somebody said to me once, and they're like, it's not a regression, it's a progression. And I'm like, I love that because, yes, while sleep changes, it is because they are developing and growing and learning. Give it a positive spin. That's it. And while it's changed now, it will change again. It's not going to stay this way. For more on this topic, you can go to the ABA's website at breastfeeding.asn.au and check out the show notes for a link to this episode's blog post, which contains further links and information. Find your local ABA group by visiting our website, where you can also find loads of breastfeeding information and a link to join the association as a member. Please rate, review and subscribe to Breastfeeding with ABA. 